It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, I'm Michael Blaze. Welcome to your home 360, the show that has everything to do with your home. I appreciate you tuning in today. On today's show, we're going to talk about some hacks around your house that might make your life easier. Everything from castor oil to vinegar can be your friend in your household. So stick around and we'll find out just why that is. But first, let's talk about the market a little bit. So if you've been listening every week, I've been telling you, don't wait. If you're on the fence and you're waiting for the market to get worse before you act... Uh, you're just getting further and further away from your goal. So I won't get into all that again, but listen to what Lawrence Yoon, the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, had to say. For a median-priced home, the price difference is $300 to $400 more per month right now than it was a year ago. And that's what I've been saying every week, and I've even done the math for you, and I keep saying it becomes, with the interest rates going up, it gets more and more expensive. With properties appreciating, it gets more and more expensive. Put those two together, and it's a double whammy that's just moving at an exponentially higher price the longer you wait. So now the price difference for the same property between last year and today is $300 to $400 more per month. To put it in perspective, the National Association of Realtor calculates that purchasing a home is now 55% more expensive than a year ago. 55% more expensive than a year ago. So if you're waiting for the market to go down, you just lost a bunch of money. I mean, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? And to put an even greater perspective, amount of perspective on it. So I did some number crunching. And this isn't exact um, because we're talking median prices. We're talking, you know, the interest rate floats and whatnot. But uh, if you were waiting for the market to go down, and if you remember, uh, I even had somebody ask me, should I sell right now and cash out and then come back when after the market turns down? And I'm like, no. Because you don't know that the market's turning down, and you don't know how much more it's going to grow. And you're going to be sitting there, watching the market growing, and now you're out of it. Hoping that it's going to crash any day now, uh, just to um, validate your strategy. So if you would have done that, if you would have sold a year ago, waiting for the market to go down, or it doesn't even matter if you sold or not, uh, maybe you're just waiting to buy, and let's compare it to a year ago. The market would have to, in order to be the same place you were last year, with the interest rates that have gone up, now the Fed just raised interest rates another half a point this week, on Wednesday. So, compared to last year, how much would the market have to go down in order for you to be ahead? Well, the break-even point is somewhere, and we're talking on a median-priced home, somewhere around $70,000. So, on a $375,000 house... The price would need to go down about seventy grand in order for you to end up where you were last year. 
And that's just to make up for the rise in interest rates. Houses are still appreciating. Uh, Year over year, the latest numbers we have, uh, right under 20% appreciation year over year. So on the medium-priced house, you're talking somewhere around, what, another 75 grand. Like I said, we're just playing loosely with these numbers. Could be more, could be less. But it explicitly shows you why waiting's not a good idea. So say prices went up uh, 75 grand, and then your interest rate ate up another 70 grand in value. So now you're at uh, you're, you're $145,000 behind. Prices would have to, so if your strategy is for the market to go down in order for you to do better, your break-even point is somewhere around 145 grand. And okay, say, uh, oh, well, you're inflating your numbers a little bit. I'm really not. Uh, so what? Whatever, pick it. A hundred grand. So you think that uh, that prices are going to go down? One hundred and forty-five thousand dollars on the me- on a median price anytime soon? I'd like to hear why you think that. And again, I'm not trying to sell you anything. So I, you know, do what you want. Do what you think is is best. But man, I got to tell you, I hear it all the time from people. Well, I'm waiting. Well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. What are you waiting for? And again, I'm not being a salesman. I don't have any any motivation to talk you into acting today. Unless, of course, you call me up and say, hey, I want to buy a house. Help me buy my house. And you know what? I still wouldn't try to talk you into buying a house. I would help you figure out what the best course of action is to achieve your goals. My point is, I don't have any motivation to talk you into acting now. I'm just telling you. I'm just giving you some advice and something to think about and go do the numbers yourself. Uh, You're getting further and further and further behind. And exponentially, that's becoming a whole lot of money. So I would rethink that strategy. So I just wanted to bring that up again because that's, that's pretty stark when you start doing the numbers and looking at it that way. So compared to last year, that's water under the bridge, that money's gone. But there's an ancient Chinese proverb that goes something like, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the next best time is today. So you're already that much further behind. If you're waiting for the market to go down, you're only going to be that much worse off. Interest rates are going to continue to rise. They just did this half-point rate hike, which was the largest since 2000. So the largest in, a, in over a couple of decades, and they're not done yet. They still say they're going to do at least a few more this year. So you're going to get that much further behind. And guess what? Appreciation, even though this might curb appreciation, there's nobody predicting that appreciation is going to be flat, let alone go down. They're all predicting that even with the interest rate hikes, we're still looking at an appreciation rate of probably around 5%, maybe even more. That's according to most experts. So you're going to be that much further behind when you combine the two. So again, I I would not stick to the strategy of waiting for the market to go down or cashing out now and waiting to come back into the market after it goes down. You know, every time we come into a cycle like this where prices are going up and there's plenty of money to be made, you see people crawling out of the woodwork to become real estate agents. From January 2021 to January 2022, the top trending career search entry was how to become a real estate agent. 
That's according to Google searches. 60% more people entered a career in real estate between 2020 and 2021 compared to the two years prior. That's according to the New York Times. So, you know what? I'm not trashing new agents. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I was a new agent once. But you better be careful as a consumer when you're hiring a real estate agent and make sure they know what they're doing and know what they're talking about and know how to advise you correctly. I can't believe how many... Most people don't even know how it works. And they're just like, yeah, you know, my... uh, my nephew just got their license, so I'm going to give them a try, or whoever it might be. My sister-in-law, my neighbor, my whoever. Uh, so I'm just going to give them a try, because how hard can it be? No big deal, right? And, and most people don't even understand the uh, how it works. So we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive and at least uh, dig in here and help you understand how agency works in South Carolina. So every time that you have uh, start a conversation with an agent, the agent at the first practical opportunity should give you the South Carolina Disclosure of Real Estate Brokerage Relationships, which explains what agency means in South Carolina. So let me, I'm not going to read you this whole disclosure, but I'm going to read you a few parts of it. So here's, here's the part of it that I think is very important. Before you begin to work with a real estate licensee, it's important for you to know the difference between a broker in charge and associated licensees. The broker in charge is the person in charge of a real estate brokerage firm. Associated licensees may work only through a broker in charge. In other words, when you choose to work with any real estate licensee, your business relationship is legally with the brokerage firm and not with the associated licensee. So if you're hiring um, Bob, uh, you know, Bob, you're actually hiring Bob's broker in charge, which would be the brokerage, ABC Realty. Uh, your contract is with ABC Realty. It is not with Bob. And Bob, uh, say you hire a listing agent or a buyer's agent. Uh, Bob's role is an agent to both parties. So he's an agent to you, and he's an agent to the brokerage. And what does agency mean? It means that you're acting on somebody's behalf. So agent Bob is acting on behalf of the brokerage, and he's acting on behalf of you once you hire him and once you are his client. Now, one of the other things they have to be keenly aware of is the difference between customer and client level representation. So, you know, you don't get client level representation when you're a customer. What's the difference? Well, did you sign any kind of agreement? Did you hire Bob? If you didn't hire Bob, say you show up at an open house or at uh, a builder, you know, at a development where there's an agent on site and you're like, hey, I'm interested in one of these where there's a list agent on site. Hey, I'm interested in uh, one of your houses here. Okay, well, I'll show you the house. Or you show up at the open house. Yeah, I'll show you one of the, you know, I'll show you the house. Or you call the listing agent on a listing. Hey, can I come see this property? Yeah, I'm happy to show it to you. You're a customer at that point. And the services that you can expect will depend upon that relationship. So it's important to know whether you're a customer or a client. South Carolina license law defines customers as buyers or sellers 
who choose not to establish an agency relationship. So as I said, you never hired Bob. I'm going to read you this straight out of the, the disclosure from the Labor and Licensing Board. The law requires real estate licensees to perform the following basic duties when dealing with any real estate buyer or seller as customers. Present all offers in a timely manner. Account for money or other property received on your behalf. Provide an explanation of the scope of services to be provided. Be fair and honest and provide accurate information. Provide limited confidentiality and disclose material adverse facts about the property or the transaction which are within the licensee's knowledge. Unless or until you enter into a written agreement with the brokerage firm or agency representation, you are considered a customer of the brokerage firm, and the brokerage firm will not act as your agent. As a customer, listen to this, as a customer, you should not expect the brokerage firm or its licensees to promote your best interest. You should not expect, as a customer, for the brokerage firm or its licensees to promote your best interest. So what does that mean? It means you need to get yourself agency representation. If you're out there and you're buying a house and you think you're going to do it on, an, on your own, I, I think you're making a mistake. You need a buyer's agent. Or if you're just calling properties listing agents, hey, uh, I'm just going to deal with them directly. You heard what I just said. You should not expect the brokerage firm or its licensees to promote your best interest unless you are their client. As a matter of fact, even if you contact a buyer's agent and you're like, you know, I'm really not ready to sign any paperwork yet, but the buyer's agent agrees to show you a house, you'll still only be treated with a customer level amount of service. And South Carolina law says that that agent owes the seller his fiduciary duty. He doesn't even know the seller, right? But you are not his client, so he does not owe you a fiduciary duty. All he owes you is basically honesty. And I explain it to people this way. Well, say Agent Bob, who you've decided not to hire, uh, but go uh, have him run around town showing you houses. Um, say he finds out that this particular house that you're very interested in, there's a motivated seller, and the seller has to move out of town real quick because of their job. And they just want to get rid of that house real fast. And somehow Bob finds this out. Is Bob going to tell you that? No. That would be against his fiduciary duty to the seller because you're not his client. The only way that Bob is compelled to tell you that is if you are his client, then his fiduciary duty is to you. And he must disclose everything he knows. We call it, you know what I know, but only if you're a client. And that's just one example of why that agency relationship is important and why it's so important to know what each person's role is and what it means to be a customer or a client. Another example would be negotiation. Bob, what, what should I offer on this house? Bob should not tell you that. You're not his client. Under the law, Bob should simply say the house is listed for this price, X. If you're out there running around trying to buy some real estate without agency representation, you better know what you're doing and you better have some experience at it. Uh, same thing goes if you think you're going to sell your house for sale by owner. You better know what you're doing and you better have some experience at it. And there's a whole lot more involved, of course, than just what I was just talking about. There's negotiation skills, there's knowing the law, there's knowing how to write a contract and what it all means.
There's a lot more to the role of real estate agent than people realize, than people think. Should you hire your niece or nephew who just graduated from real estate school last week and now has their provisionary license? I know you love them. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. You know, now that is a good idea. I came across this chart on Facebook that lists the many uses for household items. I found it pretty interesting, so I thought I would share in case you didn't see it. Such as lemon juice in your home. You can use lemon juice to clean glass and mirrors, brighten your whites, disinfect your cutting board, and brighten your toilet bowl. Who doesn't want a brighter toilet bowl? As far as on your person, you can use it to remove sunspots, highlight your hair, reduce wrinkles, and shrink your pores. And as far as your diet goes, you can use lemon juice to detox, improve digestion, soothe a sore throat, and strengthen immunity. Coconut oil. You can use that to polish wood furniture. Use it to replace WD-40. Although, uh, what's the name of that stuff? PB Blaster. You know what? W, it puts WD-40 to shame. This PB Blaster stuff. You can find it. Uh, used to be able to find it at Home Depot. Now I've seen it at Walmart and all over. And they've got a couple of different uh, types of PB Blaster. But that stuff is a penetrating oil works fantastic works way better than wd-40 so i would say go for the pb blaster and not the coconut oil but anyway i suppose in a pinch you can use coconut oil or even vegetable oil or canola oil or corn oil or any kind of oil as a penetrating oil you can also use coconut oil to remove shower scum on your person you can use it as a hair serum a lip gloss deodorant does it really work as a deodorant? I don't even know if I want to test that out, but maybe I will. And you can also use it to prevent wrinkles. And as far as your diet goes, you can use coconut oil to improve your thyroid and reduce migraines. Apple cider vinegar. You can use it to repel fleas, clean your microwave, and deodorize your laundry. On your person, you can use it to soothe sunburns. This is apple cider vinegar. Wash your hair, treat acne, and use it as an aftershave. I don't know if I want to walk around smelling like apple cider vinegar all day, but uh, who knows. And I know whenever I say something like that, somebody technical will call and say, well, you don't use aftershave to smell good. You use it to treat your skin after shaving. I get it. So if you want to use red cider vinegar as an aftershave, go for it. I'm just saying, I don't know if I want to smell like a salad all day. Uh, and as far as your diet goes, apple cider vinegar can help weight loss, detox, control high blood pressure. It's also my understanding that you can use beets to help lower your blood pressure, or at least beet juice, I should say. So drink a lot of beet juice. And you might want to check with your doctor first. I would not want to be responsible for anything happening because you followed what I had to say off of something that I read online. You can also use red cider vinegar to cure yeast infections and prevent a cold. White vinegar, on the other hand, you can use that to polish silver, clean windows, neutralize odors, and unclog your drain. You can also use it to cure an upset stomach, 
soothe a bee sting, and condition your hair. You can also use white vinegar to tenderize meat, boil better eggs, eliminate garlic odor, and keep veggies fresh. Baking soda. You can use that to put out fires, scrub toilets and tubs, and clean your oven or grill. You can also use it as a deodorant, as toothpaste. You can use it to relieve diaper rash and treat heartburn. And you can also use baking soda as a leavening agent. Make fluffier omelets with it, crispier chicken. I'll tell you what, too. Add it to your water when you're boiling beans, and your beans will come out creamy smooth. Just put a little bit in there. I don't know. You probably have to look up exactly how much. Who knows how much exactly it is. Probably by, probably put about a teaspoon in to boiling uh, water to uh, tenderize beans. And uh, it works wonders. And, uh, and it sure does help on your teeth also. I dip my toothbrush in baking soda when I'm brushing my teeth. And then put some toothpaste on there also, of course. And again, check with your dentist. I'm not sure that your dentist would agree to use baking soda to brush your teeth with. But I drink a lot of tea, and it helps with the stains. Uh, Castile soap. You can use it as an all-purpose cleaner, as a dish soap, and you can mop floors with it. You can also use it as a body wash, a pet shampoo. Uh, use it for toothpaste. You can also use it to prevent eczema and psoriasis and cure acne. And castor oil, you can discourage rodents with castor oil. You can lubricate your kitchen scissors. Hey, I'm just reading you what's on the list. You can use any oil to lubricate anything, essentially. You can use it to restore the health of your plants. Also, strengthen your eyelashes, relieve cracked heels, soften your cuticles, treat dry, itchy skin, use it as a laxative. You can use it to induce labor. Wow, man, this castor oil stuff can be used for just about everything, it sounds like. Uh, and you can also use it to relieve menstrual cramping. And if that's the case, you won't have to worry about using it to induce labor. So there's a few tips on items that you'll find in most homes and how you can use them around the house to take care of your house and also benefit your body. And as long as we're giving advice off the internet here, let's keep going with a few do-it-yourself hacks. So I came across these do-it-yourself hacks like rusty tools. Use soda to eliminate the rust. You can soak your tools in a can or two of soda. Let it sit for a couple of hours. It should remove all of the rust. If it doesn't, you can slice a raw potato or cucumber into large pieces and rub the flesh over the rusty areas. And supposedly that will remove the rust. I haven't tried that one yet. I don't need to uh, do that. I have tried the soda uh, as like an experiment back when I was a kid. They had us do that and it, it worked then. Um, and it also says if, uh, if you're still looking to use a raw potato or cucumber, dip it in, guess what? Baking soda. We already went over that, didn't we? Now, there is something called steel wool, or SOS, that removes rust pretty good, as long as you don't mind scratches on whatever you're trying to remove the rust from. See, I'm just full of all kinds of great tips today. Uh, another one on here is crack a walnut to make your furniture look like new. Remove scratches from wood furniture by rubbing the meat of a walnut over damaged areas, and supposedly that will help cover up those scratches. You can use an iron to remove wax from tablecloths. Did your candles drip wax on your tablecloths or on your 
table mats. This goes for rugs too. They say lay a paper towel over the spot and then run an iron over it. Be sure the iron's set at a low temperature and use a butter knife to scrape off the wax. Up oh, here's vinegar again. Are your terracotta pots not looking so good after sitting outside? This says use a stiff brush to scrub off any loose residue. Fill a bucket with three parts water and one part vinegar. Immerse the pot into the mixture and let it soak for about a half hour. Then try rubbing off the remaining residue. If necessary, soak the pot for another half hour. Uh, if you want to go through all that, it sounds like you'd have to be pretty meticulous about your terracotta pots to be willing to go through all that. But who knows? I mean, maybe you have a beautiful patio with terracotta pots that you want to keep sparkling clean. Again, with the vinegar, you can use it to kill weeds. So it says, combine a large bottle of vinegar, a cup of salt, and a squirt of liquid soap into a bucket, and voila, you have weed killer. Just don't get it on your grass or other plants because it'll kill those too. But if you have an area that you want to totally remove weeds from, go for it. Vinegar also works good on avoiding creating streaks on your windows when you clean them. You can make your own glass cleaner by combining vinegar and distilled water and pouring it into a spray bottle. Some other tips. Uh, you don't need that expensive weed blocker. You can use like black trash bags. Just uh, cut them up so you can lay them out flat and use those under your mulch or under the top layer of soil to prevent weeds. But where would the water go? I would suppose you would have to poke holes in them. And then wouldn't weeds come up through those holes? Oh, uh, you see, I think these online life hacks need a fact checker. Here's another one that says you can hold your nails or screws in place with a closed pin. So what you do is you put the nail or screw into a wooden closed pin. And then you hold that against whatever you're trying to nail or screw into. And then, uh, you know, you're protecting your, your fingers and holding it straight. Maybe. I, I think I just use my fingers. It says you can use baking soda to remove a splinter. If you happen to get a splinter, make removing the small piece of wood from your skin much easier and less painful using just baking soda and water. Combine the two and make a small amount of paste. Rub the paste over the skin where the splinter is located. The mixture will cause the skin to swell and you'll be able to get the splinter out with little to no effort or discomfort. Now, that one might definitely be worth trying. Anybody who works outside, I mean, gloves are your best friend. But if you're like me, it's taken me years to get in the habit of wearing gloves when I'm especially working outside in the yard or, you know, working on the land and you get thorns and you get splinters and you get all that stuff. Or how about broken, you know, those little shards of glass you get in your feet walking around barefoot? Sometimes those are really hard to get out to, so... Uh, that one, I have the feeling I'll be trying this summer. Should we keep going? Why not? More life hacks. More life hacks. Uh, combat mosquitoes with dish soap. If you have a water feature in your yard, like a fountain or something like that, or a little pond, you can keep the mosquitoes away by adding a squirt of liquid detergent to the water. You'll need one squirt for every gallon of water in the feature. Now, wouldn't that create a bunch of bubbles and foam in your water fountain? Seems like it would. Kind of reminds me, wasn't there a Brady Bunch episode where they used too much laundry detergent and it filled up the whole laundry room with foam? Kind of reminds me of that scenario. 
I'll tell you what does work, though. I pour vinegar in the outdoor water features, especially in the fountain. It helps keep the water nice and clean and free of uh, bacteria and slime. Uh, I also use it, you know, where you clean your feet to step into the pool. Uh, You can use chlorine, but that chlorine burns off almost immediately in the hot summer sun. And the vinegar seems to last a lot longer. Okay, I think that I can keep going, but I think I'm over the the life hacks here. Uh, If you have any cool hacks that you want to share, you can email them to me at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com, michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com, or we have the new cool talkback feature. You know, we've been talking about that on the morning show, where if you're listening live online, there's a button on the app that allows you to talk back. And you just hit that microphone and you can leave your comments, which is pretty cool. Well, you can do that on our podcasts now, too. So if you're listening to this on podcast, use that talkback feature and let me know what your favorite hacks are. By the way, you can find the podcast on your iHeartRadio app. You can download that for free if you don't have it already. Or you can download the podcast by going to 943WSC.com. Just look for podcasts and then your home 360. I appreciate you listening today. I'm Michael Blaze. You enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thanks for tuning in to your home 360. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.